This is the Four Man Rush. Hello, Panther fans, and welcome to another podcast of the Four Man Rush. I'm your host, Timmy Vo, here with the four gentlemen, Kevin, Canardo, Larry, and Will. And we're going to talk about Panther football as usual. Let's get down to tonight's lineup. So, obviously, we're going to talk about the Seattle game. Three interceptions, yet we lost by six points. Some people can look at it like, okay, damn, you know, we suck. Others will look at it like, okay, took three picks and we still only lost by six points. You know, it is what it is. But, you know, um, they fought. They did, his th- they did their thing, whatever. You know, uh, Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson. He's not an MVP talk, MVP talk for no reason. Um, he, he, <sighs> Dante Jackson, that son of a gun, boy, I tell you. You know, he's he's fast. He's fast. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But Russell Wilson gave him a a nice lesson on geometry and angles and how a well-thrown football cannot be defended. And that's that's all I have to say about that. Okay. Um, And we'll talk about the coaching situation going on uh, with our our Panthers. Um, There's some crazy things going on. In terms of so the, the the young talent that we have and the lack of playing time they're getting, um, obviously we'll talk about Will Greer or what, what we expect to see out of that, um, and uh, we'll talk about the next game coming up with the Colts. Um, they're, came, they're coming off of a thrashing by the uh, New Orleans Saints. Drew Brees darn near threw a hundred percent for that game with oh gosh, what was that? 30 attempts, something something like that. It was like 27 to 30 and just, you know, breaking records. Yeah, just Drew Brees. I hate that man, but I got to give him respect. Yeah, that's a bad man. Um, and we'll talk about all that, okay? Um, and uh, give you guys a heads up on what to expect in this coming offseason because it's right around the corner for us, unfortunately. Um, but, hey, thanks for coming along, guys. Thanks for listening. Let's get to it. Uh, let's start with you, uh, Kenneth. Um... Speak on the uh, Seattle game. Uh, tell tell us your thoughts. Uh, what you see. What you wish you didn't see. <laughs> oh man. Uh, well, here we are, man. We're <laughs> six straight games that we lost, man. Six straight games. You know, albeit this team did put up a fight this time. You know, they didn't lose by that much as the previous weeks, but nevertheless, we lost six straight games. That's that's nothing to be proud of, man. I don't care how much of a fight they put up. I just don't care. They they don't look good right now. I'm sounding like a broken record <laughs> right now. You know, this, this team continues it's to true. turn the ball over. They have not gotten takeaways, and their run defense is still on the verge of being historically bad. That, that That's just where we're at at this point. You know, this, my man Chris Carson put up, what, 133 yards rushing? Man. Made it look and they, that's just, it's, I mean, it's not even five minutes into the game, Chris Carson scores on a 16-yard touchdown run. And that, that's capped off by eight-play, 75-yard opening drive for Seattle. So they just came in and just, boom, just like that. No no, no, no type of fight. No, it's a home game. They just, that game, they lost five games straight. So you would think that they put up some type of fight and, you know, play with some type of fire. But that, that's what Seattle does. They come, in, they come in and they score just that fast. Uh, Russell Wilson, like you said, Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson. He, he marches the team down the field for two more scores after that. And let's talk about Dante Jackson again. Let's have this conversation. Let's talk about it. Talk on it, man. Uh, talk on it. 
<laughs> this, uh, on those two scores, you know, he gave up a 58-yard uh, reception to Josh Gordon. Bye-bye, Josh Gordon. That's all I'm going to say with that situation. Mm-hmm. And he gave up mm-hmm. another one to Tyler Lockett, a 44-yard. Yep. So, I mean, there's this. At this point, I don't know why he's not on the bench. I, I don't understand. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm trying to really understand Perry's psyche right now, what he's trying to do. But what I do know is he's not fit to be the next head coach of the Carolina Panthers. He's not even fit to be in the conversation if you can't sit him down at this point. Yep. And he can sit there and try to be Mr. Tough Guy and says that, oh, I, I thought about benching him. Then either you're going to bench him or you're not going to yeah, bench him. And that didn't happen. I don't care what you think. Even after those two plays. Come on, man. So, I mean, I mean, it's this man that the only bright spots for the game is Christian McCaffrey. I feel sorry for the guy. The guy's having the, the year of his life right now. Yes. I mean, he had been with him. He'd even in college. He had 175 all-purpose yards. Yeah. DJ Moore continues to impress me. Yeah. Eight receptions for 113 yards. So yeah. those two are balling right now, man. Yeah. They, they are balling. You know, I think that uh, Scott Turner, you know, he, he's doing a decent job, you know, as far as calling plays, you know, and uh, yeah, Will know. pointed that out as well. He's doing a great job of that. He's kind of, yeah. you know, even more so than his father at this point. You know, he's finding ways to get the ball in Curtis Samuel hands, you know, so he's, he's definitely added some creativity and some spice to the offense. But uh, this, I mean, like I said, they put up a fight, but I, I expected more. You, you, you got to win. But when you turn the ball over three times, three interceptions, I mean, that, that's what happens. I don't care who you who you play. It could be one of the worst teams in the league. If you turn the ball over, you're going to lose. You can get away with one turnover. You can get away sometimes even with two. But when it gets to that three, uh, you, you got problems. And I understand it's a game we should have won, but, you know, I mean, you shoot yourself in the foot. And those weren't just, oh, you throw the ball and it's, it's, a, it's a tip pass, uh, tip passing. you know, the cornerback gets it. You know, they, they were bad interceptions. They were bad. They, they had no business. You should have just took the sack at that point. Just took the sack. That, that's where we're at with it. So, as I keep on saying, the last several weeks, bad teams find a way to lose. And that's where this team is. They're a bad team. They're going to find a way to lose. And we'll get to the Colts game a little bit later on. I'm going to tell my thoughts on that. But And they're not doing too good right now, as a matter of fact. But, yeah, you know, we, we haven't crossed that bridge yet. But that's really my thoughts on that game right there, man. It's just... Man, I'm starting to have, man, should we let Ron Rivera finish the season? I mean, I I, <laughs> I hate to backtrack right now, but that, that's where I'm at. Should we have just let him finish the season? That's that's, that's where I'm at with this right now. Why it's not? Embarrassing. Why not? Oh, shit. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that, that's all I got to say, man. Just, you know, I, I'm, I'm tired of losing. I mean, I mean, I know that's where we're at right now. Where, okay, why, why? You have no choice but to just keep on losing for a better draft pick and whatnot, but Right. Man, yes, yes, yes. Your your fans are getting tired, man. Amen. Fans are getting tired. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> Appreciate you, fam. Yeah, no doubt, man. I feel your frustrations, kid. Um, Kev, drop knowledge on us, man. <sighs> well, you know, I, I like to drop knowledge like we dropping games lately, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> one at a time, <laughs> man. I'm saying they they need to start just you know turning the drinks into just straight alcohol because mm-hmm. these sodas and waters ain't getting it. Put watching this uh, team play live. Um, Get some of that white. But yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, but um, as y'all know, man, I'm at every home game, and you know Seattle was three for three on touchdowns in their first three drives. You know, and before we know it. Beginning of the second quarter, we're down twenty to seven. I mean, it was just 
it was just deflated, man, just watching how with such ease. I mean, it literally looked like Russell Wilson was out there playing sandlot football with us. He had time in the pocket to to look over all his receivers. I think I saw him send a text message to Sierra asking what's for dinner tonight, baby, when I get back. Um, I mean, it was just, <laughs> it, it, it was just, it was just painful to watch, man. And in your mind, you kind of expected it, but because of, you know, the fan that you are, you, you still want to see your team just shock the world. And, and I told you guys last week, I was, I wasn't too optimistic, but you know, damn it. When I walked through them gates and got my ticket and just felt the energy of just being there, man, I was like, you know what, man? Nobody believes in us. We 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 gonna lead we gonna lead off the newscasts with uh, with this upset today. Watch and see, and and if you didn't watch the game and see the final score, you would think that uh yeah. it was a shootout dog fight, but uh, it really wasn't. It was you know pretty much a first quarter and a half ass whooping, and uh mm-hmm. and uh end of the um, fourth quarter furious comeback attempt, but um. In between time, it was just more errors, more mistakes, more penalties, more self-inflicting wounds. I, it's, 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 it's to the point where I have to be honest, fellas, and, and like I say, anyone that knows me knows, I try to find every silver lining, every piece of optimism under the sun. Y'all y'all, y'all been knowing me for years. Y'all know how I am, but I'm to the point where um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the, uh, to the end of the 2019 season. Um, am I still going to watch both games? Yes. Of course. Am I still going to be at the last home game against the uh, New Orleans Saints? You best believe it. Of course. I haven't missed a home game since the 2011 season again, so I'm not going to, you know, end my streak now because of, you know, because of current things. But I, I'm, I'm just looking forward to better days, man, because, you know, what we're putting out on the field is, is it's just hard to stomach and watch, you know, and we invest so much into this team as fans like we do and here at Four Man Rush with our film analysis, with our research and everything to, to do all that all week long and then sit down for three hours and watch what you see on the field, it, uh, it's, it's, it's disheartening. I just have to be honest with you. But I love this team. I'm, you know, I'm not trading them. You know how it is. You ever love someone, but you just don't like them right now? <laughs> Uh, Tim, that's how I feel. I I, I love them, but I don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> but um, through it all, yeah, it's still mm-hmm. keep pounding. Yeah, I'm going to be there. And, yeah, I'm going to believe once the ball kicked off that we're going to win these last two games. Whatever happens, I'll stomach the results one way or the other. So, yeah, that's that's just how I feel about uh what took place on Sunday. Um. Larry, what's up? Well, <clears throat> I give uh, Panther Nation a little fun fact about me. But um, when it comes to Sundays and watching Carolina Panther football, the amount of alcohol I consumed is is based on how we play. So the last few weeks, I've been, you know, pretty drunk by the third quarter. So <laughs> yeah, I'll talk, I'll, talk, I'll talk about what I do remember from the game. I'm just being funny, guys. But um. I've been preaching, if you've been watching, if you've been listening to the last few episodes, I've been preaching for, you know, somebody to find ways to get all three 
of our explosive playmakers involved. Like we've been having a, a Christian McCaffrey all pro type of year, but at times we just felt like Christian McCaffrey was all of our offense. I just didn't feel like it had to be. I know we have offensive line troubles. I know, you know, guys have been all the way consistent. I know Kyle Allen hasn't been hitting the deep ball the way you want him to, but still, all in all, you should find a way to get your dynamic playmakers involved in the game. It's not just Christian. It's not just DJ, but it's also Curtis Samuel. And what was relieving and what was, what was refreshing, I, I should say, is Scott Turner, who I've been preaching for for the last two years. I was ecstatic when we got him. He found ways to get Curtis involved. You know, he, he's giving him carries. If you watch Curtis Samuel at Ohio State, he's pretty good at carrying the football out of the backfield. I was just really impressed with what, what Scott Turner did to get Curtis involved. It's something I've been begging for for weeks, and we found, we're finally getting it. Also, you know, we've had games where how many times does Christian McCaffrey get stopped in the one-yard line trying to score a touchdown? Mm. Mm. It seems like Scott Turner knows how to call the right play so Christian, so Christian can actually be effective in the red zone. He motioned somebody out. He made the defense key to an extra guy besides Christian, and it worked. It was an easy touchdown run. Yep. But there were a lot of refreshing things that I did take away from this game. I'm just trying to be positive because it's not much to find positive. But if you're looking at getting your playmakers involved, being more effective in the red zone, I saw improvements from the play caller. So whoever is going to be the new coach or whoever's going to be the new GM or whatever you're going to do, Scott Turner has a bright future in this football league. So I want to talk really – mostly about him. He had a really good play-calling performance, in my opinion. It was better than what his father's doing. It's not that he's a better mind than his father. It's just that things change. Times change. Everybody looks for a young, innovative coach. You have a young, innovative play-calling on your staff. And I'm happy that we're finally utilizing them. That's all I'm going to take away. I'm not going to talk about the bad stuff. I don't want to... Four-man rush is not a, pes- a pessimistic media source. No. You know, we, we will, we'll talk about the obvious. We'll talk about the facts. And the facts is there's a lot of bad to take away, but I'm just trying to give you guys some positive tonight. That's all. No doubt. No doubt. Well, yeah, I mean, I, maybe I'm just more of a realist, but the way I look at it, it's December. If it ain't been fixed by now, it's not getting fixed. So we're not going to shore up the run defense. We're not going to stop turning the ball over. And we have another, we're all we're doing is replacing one young, basically, rookie QB with another rookie QB. I mean, this is going to be problems that we're going to have to overcome for the rest of the year at this point. So I just think now at this stage, we're out of the playoffs. You know, it's two games left. we got an interim coach who probably won't be back next year. Um, we got a lot of players that probably won't be back next year. You know, this comes down to what Smitty said. You know, if I'm a new coach and I, I, I collect all of the game film from this season, I want to know who's still playing hard, you know, who wants to be here. Who are the guys on the field that's still giving 110% effort every play, you know, because they just love the game of football and they want to put it all on the line? And I, that's what I, and that's kind of what I'm looking for as well. I mean, Luke Keekley and Christian McCaffrey are obvious choices there. You know, they put it all on the line every week. You know, go all out 100%, give, you know, full maximum effort whenever possible. Another guy I'm really enjoying to watch this year is the growth of Shaq Thompson. I mean, when you watch on that goal line, Stan, he's the only one trying to drag Chris Carson down. Everyone else doesn't want to be on Carson's new highlight reel getting run over a stiff arm. 
You know, Shaq's in there trying to drag him, get him on the ground, on that goal line. You know, Shaq's in there making plays in the backfield, you know, anticipating, mm-hmm. shooting gaps, you know, making guards miss him. He's all over the field. You know, I think if everyone gave that effort that Shaq's given, you know, we'd be in a different situation right now. You know, DJ Moore, another guy, you know, he doesn't go down after that first hit. He's going to keep fighting for yardage, give that effort every play. You know, Curtis Samuel, another guy that's given maximum effort. So I think these are guys that are going to be safe next year. If I'm a new coach and I turn on the film, you know, those, those group of guys are the core pieces that I want to build my team around. Mm-hmm. Also, I think Scott Turner, he did, he's auditioning for a new job as well. Because even if they hire an offensive mind, like uh, I'm just throwing names out there and not making predictions, but uh, Kevin Stefanski from uh, Minnesota or DeBow from Buffalo or you know, um, Josh McDaniels from New England or one of these offensive minds that are getting thrown around, I'm sure they'll want an offensive coordinator to take the pressure off of them who's familiar with the personnel and, you know, help them, you know, with their creativity. I think Scott Turner might be that guy, no matter who the coach is. I think he's a guy that can possibly be retained, and he showed that yesterday. I just like the way he utilized Curtis Samuel. I mean, watch Curtis's Ohio State film. He played a lot of reps at running back. You know, he's kind of a hybrid RB slash wide receiver, but, you know, more, more old school. He wants one back system, so he never really used Curtis in the backfield as a running back like that. Scott, he was at Michigan with Jim Harbaugh, so he probably played against Curtis and saw how Urban Meyer was utilizing him. And, you know, that's what we saw yesterday. We saw him utilizing Curtis Samuel the way they did at Ohio State, and I thought that was enjoyable to watch. You know, we got the ball out of Kyle's hands quick, you know, those quick screens. Ran a lot of jet sweeps, just was doing anything he can to make Kyle's job easier and get the ball into the hands of the playmakers. So I thought he was very impressive yesterday despite having, you know, poor offensive line play and a young quarterback. So I just think that core group of players and Scott Turner is what we can start. You know, we're starting to see the building blocks that we can keep to try to build a better future for this team. Hey, Will, uh, check, check your, uh, your uh, headphone cord. I think it's hitting your microphone. Hey, well, just to add to your point, man, I just, there's a lot of bad plays with the guy you can point out, but as far as what you were talking about his effort, every down I see Trey Boston with the same effort. Do you think he's somebody we might want to retain as well? Yeah, I think he is a guy that can possibly come back. I mean, one, like, see, he got ran. I'm going to talk about this one play where Chris Carson, the first series of the game, he bounced the ball outside, and it's Carson versus Trey Boston one-on-one at about the three-yard line. I mean, obviously, you know the result, but he's there trying to make the play. And those are the effort plays that I'm talking about. You know, I don't get, like, coming back to Shaq Thompson, you know, against the Redskins, he's making a tackle, 15 yards, trying to make a tackle, 15 yards down the field, and he gets stiff-armed, and he's a highlight reel. He's a meme. Everyone's laughing at him. He shouldn't get extended, this and that. I'm like, wait a minute. Why are we clowning Shaq Thompson? or hustling downfield, trying to make a tackle, instead of the eight or nine other guys on the field that's just jogging after the ball carrier. You know, what's wrong with this picture? We should be praising maximum effort and clowning the guys that are just jogging to the football. Mm. Trey Boston basically told me, he don't care who the head coach is, he misses Ron, but he's playing for his life, his, his livelihood. He wants to have a career in the NFL. Some guys aren't doing that. So that's why we see the results that you see every Sunday. But I just wanted to add them to that group of guys you're talking about. They're just giving maximum quality effort every single down. Right. And when you add impact plays to that, 
that gives you some value when it comes to going into the offseason as a free agent. Right. I hope and pray that Trey Boston returns to the Carolina Panthers. That's just my I'm gonna stand I'm gonna stand on that. Because he gets clowned by a lot of people. But he's been the motivator, he's been the leader, he's been the influencer, and he's been the enforcer at times. So mm-hmm. I just want Panther Nation to know Larry from Four Man Rush. I want Trey Boston back in the Carolina uniform next year. Another one I think needs to um, be caught, uh, gives good effort every play is Gerald McCoy. I think he's um, out of position a bit. You know, he's not the guy that's going to occupy blockers to keep your linebackers clean. But, I mean, he's also given that full effort every play, and he's having it, putting a decent season together. I just think these efforts are going unnoticed because the run defense has been so bad. But, I mean, another guy, you just add to that list of guys that, you know, we need building blocks to build a better team. These are the guys that we want to start with. Now, speaking of personnel, what the hell is going on with Brian Burns? Who wants to take that first? Well, I will, just to start off a little bit, because uh, I was the one, I believe, that I was uh, sharing the uh, information in the uh, in our group chat. But according to interim coach of uh, well, uh, Brian Burns only played a total of 10 snaps this past game. Seven of those 10 were on special teams as a gunner. Um, yeah. Wow. Yep, our first round. Wow. Highly talented pass rusher. Highly. Played on. That's that's healed up now because he confirmed uh, Brian Burns is, has no um, nagging injuries or anything holding him back from his, you know, wrist injury that he suffered um Early on mid season that lingered for several weeks, even had to have a minor procedure done. So he's a he's a healthy go. But his explanation was because of the defensive game plan put together against Seattle that they was gonna use more quote unquote forty fronts, which is four down linemen, uh, two different two defensive tackles, two defensive ends, that the uh, Brian Burns uh, I guess wasn't skill set enough to hold down a a position during that. So he basically says, hey, if it's 30 fronts we play, he's going to get more snaps. But if it's 40 fronts, uh, he's not going to get that many snaps. And that's pretty much what it came down to, according to uh, the presser that uh, that uh, that was given out, given the uh, explanation. So Brian Burns is healthy. He's just um, <laughs> not in the plans at this moment. Mind blowing as that sounds, but uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with what was said earlier. Um, you're definitely, uh, I think Canada said it earlier, you're definitely not going to be, um, uh, be coming back as a, a candidate for the Carolina Panthers as coach. When you got this caliber player playing special teams primarily only, and your defensive game plan did not include sets to have him on the field, I mean, you know, somebody tell me something. I mean, I know I'm just a fan, but somebody tell me something because my logic just can't wrap around uh, the explanation that was given. Allow me to go ahead and add to that point. Brian Burns was, what, the 18th pick? Am I correct? 16th. 16th, 16th pick. Okay. Yeah. He's a 16th pick. He's a first-round draft pick. This points to the entire draft class of 2019. 
what is going on when you're not getting impact? Am I, it's not about Brian Burns. This is about personnel. You're not putting your draft pick, especially your impact players, in a position to make plays. I seen an interesting stat earlier today. It just was heartbreaking. Not so much because the, the man is from Jersey. You know, he, he went to Montclair. I'm a big fan of him. But I'm talking about Josh Allen. He's a rookie defensive end, just like Brian Burns. He is the first rookie to finish his season in double-digit sacks. If you look at the first nine weeks of the season, Brian Burns was pacing to have more than just 10 sacks. He can't do. What's the reason why he didn't get 10 sacks? It's not his ability. It's not his work ethic. It's not him not knowing the plays. It's him not getting the snaps. That points to the culture and the coaching staff. I'll tell you exactly why Brian Burns didn't get the burn that he needed this week. Bruce Irvin was playing his old team. Mm. It goes back to that family, that family environment we were talking about. Mm. We're going to extend old vets because we want to keep them here. Mm. That's what that was all about. Bruce Irvin was playing his old team. They wanted, to, they wanted him to be on the field and make plays. Yep. We're not in playoff contention anymore. This is the time for your young players to get as much burned as possible so they can learn from their mistakes, so they can get game experience, and you didn't do it. That just points to Canardo's point. Like, no, Farrell's not in contention to get this job next year. Nobody on the defensive staff, in my opinion, deserves to come back next year because somebody should have said, why isn't this man getting snaps? He's a rookie. He's a first-round pick. He has expectations to live up to. Get him on the field. And they didn't do that. Three snaps on defense. I don't want to even – I know we got listeners, but what I want to say, I can't say. But basically – Yeah, you can. The, the whole defensive staff can pick – they can go suck one. <laughs> <laughs> that's, Get that's the really how look I'm at it. Like, it don't make no sense. <laughs> Put the – yeah, the boy in this rookie season, this is the perfect time yeah, for him man. to learn from his mistakes. Uh, this is the perfect time for him to possibly get 10 sacks as a rookie so we have some kind of confidence to build off of. And you don't do it, man. Uh, Farrell could kiss my ass. Eric Washington could kiss my ass because he, he should have slammed the table to get Burns on the field, but right. he didn't, bro. The whole defensive staff can kiss my ass, man. That's where I'm at with it. In the words of DX, I got two words for you. Fuck it! Canardo, you have something to put on it? Man, just, uh, they basically summed it up. You know, here you go. You have the 16th uh, draft pick, your first draft pick of the year. And, you know, and, and what do you do with them? Uh, he, he's basically, you dra you drafted a 16th overall pick to be a gunner. That, that That's what you did. And it, it makes no sense to me. I sometimes I think these head coaches they they think a little too much. That, that's really my only explanation for it. Is to answer Kevin's question. You know, he he really don't see why you know he didn't do something. But I, I think these head coaches they think a little too hard about things sometimes. And sometimes you know it's just obvious. Just put the guy in, let him play. You're not playing for the playoffs right now. You're not playing for anything. You're not even playing for your division. So just play the guy and see where the chips fall. That that's that's really what it all is. You know, that, that's what it comes down to. But, like, I mean, I think everybody agrees with me, man. You know, just Perry, you know, he seems, he seems like a nice guy, a lot of experience. But 
man, yeah, you might as well just gave Scott Turner the head coaching job at this point. I mean, that's it. <laughs> and that's where, that's where I'm at. Yeah, I mean, if you can't make the obvious decisions at this point, and that, that, that's, that's really all it. Uh, that's all I got to say, man. Brian Burns, he's way too talented, man. No, he he's going to have a bright future, but you got to put the head coach and the, the staff in place to be able to, you know, make these kids be successful, man. There's there's no reason for him not to be getting those snaps at this point, especially at this, at this point in this season. And if it's something as silly as, and I do agree with Larry, you know, hey, he's playing his old team. That's all well and good, man. But damn, you know, what I'm yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean, golly, man, you know, just. I, I think Willis said this several times already. You know, he's he's a vet. You know, he, uh, Urban, he's done a good job. But, you know, hey, man, he's secondary at this point. Give your young man a chance. Let him get some burn and earn his reps. That's it. Canardo, just to add to your point, bro, he's a 16th overall pick. You don't use a top 20 pick to be a situational player. So when it comes to that, oh, we're going to use more 40 front, 30 front, I don't want to hear that because at the end of the day, even though Burns was a little bit undersized coming into the draft, you expect him to be a star on your defense. That's what you're drafting him to be. So even if he's not suitable to, to stop the run yet, I'm going to disagree with that because I have film to back it up. I've seen him anchor and run defense. I've seen him make plays and run defense. Even if he can't do it, this is the perfect time to give him the experience to learn how to do it. He's going to get bigger. He's going to get stronger. He should have been on the field, but he, he's the type of player that we drafted to be a three-down player. We got no, no, no. I, I agree with you. I agree. What, what I was saying was that that's, it seems like, I mean, they may as well should have drafted him to be a gunner at this point. Yeah, we obviously all think he deserves to be on the field. He deserves to be getting playing time. That, that's what, that wasn't the angle I was taking. I was basically saying, okay, he needs to be on the field, but... And let I me mean, look what he's doing. He's, he's a gunner. That, that, that's what they're putting him on the field to do right now when he should be on there for more. So that's where I was coming from. Oh, no, I'm agreeing with your point. Trust yeah. me, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. I'm, a, I, I'm adding to your point. I'm just, okay. I'm illuminating your point. <laughs> right, 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 right. Well, it's a 16th pick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't put him on the field to just do one or two things. He has to go to do everything. That's the, that's the point I'm making. He's a 16th pick. He's supposed to be a pro bowler by his third or fourth year. Somehow, some way, he's going to learn how to stop the run. He's going to learn how to anchor. He's going to get stronger. You're not in playoff contention like you said, so this is the time for him to get those reps. Mm-hmm. There's no excuse for this shit. There's no excuse. None. Like you said, Ronson just finished off the year. Like, I guarantee you will be able, you will be able to to better evaluate your staff because you know guys will still be playing hard for long in week sixteen or seventeen. I guys agree with playing hard no more, bro. Like it, it, it's a sad thing in Carolina right now. Two and fourteen was bad. One and fifteen was bad. But when you're trying to evaluate and find guys that you might be able to bring on next year, you're not even getting the truth because. The culture is just really messed up right now, from the players to the staff. Usually it's the players, like, oh, the players not playing hard, whatever. The staff ain't coaching hard either, and that's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah, very hard. And just, you know, quickly jumping, because I definitely want Will to get his, um, his saying as well, but, you know, this type of coaching and aptitude is what's been plaguing our mediocrity. You mean to tell me, 
that you, like as you keep saying, the 16th overall pick uh, was touted the best pure elite pass rusher in the league that, that you can't move them X's and O's around to create a scheme that will feature him. Okay, for example, just just to share some knowledge with everyone, all right, they said they wanted to use a 40 front. Okay, cool. All right, so in your 40 front, four down line and three linebackers, right? Yeah. So how about this? Uh, Larry, um, Kanan, I'm pretty sure y'all heard of, y'all heard of a 4-3 over. Y'all heard of a 4-3 a under. That's basically where you take the uh, your outside linebacker and depending on the strength of the formation, um, you walk them up to the edge. So if you're going to do four down linemen, why not have Burns play a uh, the uh, the third linebacker and just have them over the edge, whether it's coming off the tackle away or over the Tyson over the tight end play side. I mean, Jesus. I mean, if you if you if you I understand that with Seattle's strong running game, you wanted to have four down linemen. I get that, but there was ways to schematically scheme Brian Burns into your plan. See, this is the and if if my simple fan-minded thinking self can you know think of that something like that, why we got coaches staff that didn't at least attempt to try it? If it didn't work and he getting blown off the ball 10, 15 yards, okay. But at this point of game, we like 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 Larry just said, we want to see. You know what I'm saying? The players out here getting reps and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm with you, Larry. This whole co- defensive coaching staff got to go because there's no excuse that in a, in, in, in a week's time you couldn't create a, a defensive um, personnel or um, alignment that wouldn't have featured Brian Burns, whether it's a 30 front or a 40 front. Um, yeah, that that's unexcusable. Hey, Kev, we compare him to we can, we compare him to Von Miller, right? <laughs> right or wrong? Right. Mm-hmm. All right. So the guy is athletic enough to be a gunner on special teams, but you couldn't put him at Will linebacker. You couldn't put him at Sam linebacker. He can't cover the flat. Like that. That is really bothering me, bro. There's so many ways to put this man on the field. He recovered a fumble recovery earlier this year, and he jogged 50 yards. Nobody was going to catch him. There's plenty of ways to get this man on the field because his skill set alone gives us upside, and we didn't utilize it. Fuck this staff, bro. That's just where I'm at with it. And I just want to add to that, man. Just you know, we basically what Larry just said, what Kevin just said. A player that talented, you have to find a way to put him on the field. I don't care if it was a linebacker that we selected 16th overall. You find a way to get his ass on the field if he can play. If he's talented enough, that's just the way I see it. You know what I mean? So this staff has had a hard time doing that over the years for some reason. But don't worry, man. The next staff is going to get it right. I have all the faith in the world in that, man. It's, it's going to be a shakeup, and it needs to be a shakeup. And I, and I basically, I compare it to the heavyweight division in, in boxing right now. What happened earlier this year when uh, Ruiz knocked out Anthony, Anthony Joshua. There needs to be a shakeup. There was a shakeup in the heavy, heavyweight division. There needs to be a shakeup in Carolina Panthers football because of stuff like this right here that we keep arguing about week after week after week after week. So, I mean, it, it has to come to an end sooner or later. We'll see what happens. Oh, man. Hey, you know, uh, speaking of Burns, I had a nice little interaction with his brother on Twitter, mm. starting a new hashtag, Free Spider Burns. 
know his again. brother, his brother just doesn't like this coaching staff at all. I mean, he went, got real happy when Ron got fired. He definitely wasn't happy with the game yesterday. Mm. Kind of toned it down a bit. I think Brian might have told him to uh, fall back a little bit because he was very vocal about him not getting enough playing time. Mm. But still, at the end of the day, I mean, this is a, um old-school coaching staff, and a lot of old-school coaches prefer to for rookies to sit and learn a lot during their first year. Yep. Bring in vets like Bruce Irvin, Mario Addison, to play behind so they can learn from veterans to grow themselves. I mean, you think about situations we had. You had Vernon Butler behind KK and Starr. You had Christian McCaffrey behind Jonathan Stewart. You had you know, DJ Moore behind Torrey Smith. And Jerry is right. So that's just kind of the old school mentality of how Coach how Ron Rivera and his staff just like to bring along rookies. And I think that just goes back to being innovative. The NFL's becoming more like the college game nowadays. So players coming out of college are more prepared to get playing time right away. So just that philosophy is just outdated and doesn't make sense anymore. It just shows the inability to adapt to modern times. You know, get your rookies on the field early. I mean, they can come in and hit the ground running like they may have not been able to do several years ago. Another thing I want to add is I don't buy uh, Perry Fuel's explanation about 30 and 40 fronts because the whole year, the base defense is the 4-2-5. You've got four down linemen, Bruce Irvin, Dontari Post slash Kyle Love, Gerald McCoy slash Vernon Butler, and Mario Addison. Those are your four down linemen. You've got two linebackers, Luke and Shaq, and you got five DBs. That's basically a disguised 4-2-5 four, four, de- defense. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if a guy's standing up or has his hand in the dirt. It's four down linemen. So I don't really buy the fact that it was a, a personnel package kind of thing. I just think it comes down to favor- favoring vets, wanting them to go out on a high note, you know, and just that culture that's been established here that we need to get rid of. I agree. That's facts, Will, because when you look at the, at the end of the day, Josh Allen made history. He was he was the first rookie with 10-plus sacks. But you had about three or four of them, three or four rookie edge rushes this year that all could have got 10 sacks. It was Burns. It was Allen. It was also Bosa. Like, mm-hmm. rookies are showing you that. They can get you more than five to six sacks in a rookie year. They're doing it every year now. Mm-hmm. So that goes to your point, man. And it, you got to be innovative at this point. It's not just about an innovative offensive line. You got to be innovative on defense too. And we just we don't have innovation anywhere. That, the only innovation we have is with Scott Turner. Scott Turner. That's it. That's it. Like That's out it. of everybody, we got like, we we got twenty plus coaches on this staff. There are two spots where we have innovation. It's at Scott Turner, down the offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. former quarterback coach. Mm-hmm. And it's our special teams coach. Blackburn. He used to play for us. I can't think of his goddamn name right Chase now. Chase Blackburn. Chase Blackburn. Yeah. yeah, Chase Blackburn. Chase Blackburn and, and Scott Turner. Chase Blackburn and Scott Turner are the only keys to innovation we have right now. That's it. When we have a staff of 20-plus coaches. It, it bothers me. I'm sorry. The whole scheme is outdated. I mean, what are we trying to do? We're going to get a uh, four-man rush with four down linemen and sit in that zone coverage and try to force quick throws. I mean, how's that going to work against somebody like Patrick Mahomes? I mean, Dontari Poe isn't going to chase down Patrick Mahomes and get a sack. You knock Mahomes off his spot. He's going to avoid it, keep the play alive, and find his guy downfield. And that's how we lost the game 
yesterday, actually, on that final play where Russell said, oh, these D-linemen can't catch me. I'm just escape the pressure, be patient, and find my open guy in that soft zone downfield. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just easy to create mismatches. You got Luke Kuechly trying to run with wide receivers. I mean, it's just it's the whole scheme and philosophy, I just feel, is outdated. Nobody plays more zone defense than the Carolina Panthers, and it's been that way for the last four or five years. Five years. So I just think yeah. the whole philosophy, the whole mentality is just old school outdated and it's, it just hasn't evolved and i think that's been the biggest downfall of the franchise i agree yeah and I'm, a, I'm a florida state fan man i promise you brian burns can do more than just rush the passer and possibly stop the run he's good in coverage too i know we made jokes about that earlier like dropping him back and put him in zone but the athleticism is there he can actually do that so when you got plays where you got three rushing linebackers. I mean, three rushing edge, three rushing D linemen. There's no reason why he can't be that third linebacker. Sometimes he can cover a little bit. I don't want him 10, 15 yards down the field trying to cover a tight end, but he can cover his area. He can cover the flat. He can cover. He can cover. He can, he's a he, he's he, he runs a four five. Like in the storm, he's a gun on special teams. There's a lot more you can do with Brian Burns to have him rush the passer. And I think it's a travesty that not one fucking coach has picked up on that. His brother should be with it. It's that simple. It's a lack of innovation, man. It's a lack of innovation. If you, I, I, I kind of wish, I kind of wish we we would have implemented. Now I could be wrong. I just, I don't think I've seen it much this year. But I, I, I would love to have seen more of that that zone blitz concept, dropping the D line and. The DNs and, and the coverage and bringing the linebackers, um, confusing the quarterback up in, the, in, in that fashion. Um, but you know, fellas, we haven't been in, in position to really let the guys let, let that pass rush loose over the past what five six weeks because we 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 can't stop the run. Right, time of possession is killing us. Lack of uh, producing points is killing us. We're putting the defense back on the field after after a three and out. Two plays later, they're back out on the field, man. That, that, it, not only does it does it disrupt the, uh, the the flow of the game, so to say, um, it screws with the confidence, it screws with morale. Uh, uh, you you put you put that you put that that lack of resolve, along with the the lack of impro- uh, uh, the the lack the, the lack of improvising by the coaching staff, and utilizing the the skill set of these young players. Man, it's, I think it's gonna be. It, it might be a long season next year, fellas. If we, if we don't do this right, we don't get the right people in there. This is gonna, man, dude. It's wow. We're, we're teetering here, people. We're, we're we're teetering on the edge of some shit. Now I don't. I, don't, I hope it doesn't transpire. But by God, it could get really ugly. And Tim, you you're touching on something because I know the secret is out. You know, we're in rebuild mode or whatever, but we still have a good core of players. Mm -hmm. We still have a quality core. It don't have to be a full rebuild. We can be competitive next year, honestly. We can be competitive, but you need the right development. Mm -hmm. We don't have the guys to develop young players. Uh, Exactly. Exactly. We we let go of the one dude in the league that, that develops people. Especially the linebacker position, he develops guys. I don't know, man. There's guys out there that can coach. There's no doubt I, about that. 
I just don't want to see this team go in full rebuild mode when you got a, good, a, a core guys that can actually fight for a playoff spot. Right. You just need the right minds in place, and we don't have it. So we got to rely on our owner to make the right decisions. And to be brutally honest, we've talked about this in the chat. We're not, we're not 100% on this type of shit. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I ain't, well, I'm not got, going to sugarcoat it. I got to see more. I got to like, see more. Yeah. I got to exactly, see more. Exactly. But I just want the point to be made that we're not in full rebuild like like, like the Dolphins or the Bengals. <laughs> yes, true. We don't yeah. need to overhaul the entire roster. Word. We have a good quality group of guys that we just need to build around. And we can be competitive next year. I don't want this to be a two, three-year deal. We could actually be competitive next year if we make the right decisions. So it's a lot. All the pressure is on the owner. It's all on. It's all on Tepper. It's all on Tepper. The pressure right now is all on Tepper. If you put the right guys in place, we'll be a playoff team next year. We don't got to be a a two, three-year team. Like, it ain't that situation. You got too many good players on the roster right now. We all came into this season thinking that. This was the most talented roster Ron Rivera ever had. It was. And now we in rebuild? No. I'm not buying that either. We no, my, the thing is, though, but they're just not consistent with how they're running this team. I mean, we're going through growing pains and letting rookies develop. Okay, so that's the excuse for Kyle Allen. You know, that's the excuse for these other young players getting all of these reps. But when it comes to your first round, 16th, overall pick, why aren't we letting him develop and giving him reps so he could be better next year? I mean, well, I, I mean, Kyle Allen might not even be on the team in two years. So why is he get, getting the excuse of having developmental reps but a guy who's going to be a core piece of this franchise for several years to come, sitting the bench and getting seven snaps? You know, it just doesn't make sense to me. I just think this mm -hmm. coaching staff doesn't have, it's just the result of having an interim coach who probably knows He's out the door next year. He's not thinking about building for the future. He's just thinking about auditioning to see what he can come up with next year. And one thing is this. Oh, yeah, go, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, brother. Go ahead. No, all I'm saying is, is this. Um, two parts here real quick. One, um, you know, what I think is as far as the players on the field, we just need to reload. But as far as coaching staff and front office, that's where we need to rebuild. That's what needs to be gutted, purged, um, get get uh, purple power, Mr. Clean. We we be gone like we need anything that just totally kills off anything that's unsightly and just run it like a fine tooth comb through the front office and his coaching staff. Force the players on the field is definitely definitely gotta be reloaded. Um, that's my first part. Second part, and all of y'all can feel free to chime in on this um, so we can make sure our fans are aware. We keep saying that we have a good set of core players. Break it down by offense, defense, and even special teams. I think we've got a few special team guys this core. Uh, you know, who, who who are the core players moving forward so our fans can understand who, we, who, who we're speaking of because everybody may have their own different, you know, ideas who, might, who, who we consider core and it might be different. Kev, that's a good point. I'm going to let Canardo start. That's a great point. Yeah, go ahead, G. And I've been saying this for the last few years now. You know, 
if Cam comes back healthy, if you can't win it all or at least be competitive with a healthy Cam Newton and McCaffrey and uh, Luke Keekley, that's embarrassing. That, that, that's truly embarrassing. Right there, at their best, man, that, that, that's one of the best nucleuses in the league, in my yep. opinion. Yep. Now, if you can't win it all or if you can't be competitive with those three right there, and if you throw into the mix D.J. Moore, McCoy, Irvin, you know, I'm, I'm so, I mean, if you can't win with those people, if you can't be competitive with that, that's embarrassing to me. Uh, I'm sorry. So I'm with Larry on that. I think that we should be competitive next year. I don't know. I don't, I don't think that it should take two or three years at this point. And with the decisions that Tepper has made, you know, you, you fired Ron Revere. And I think we all agree that you needed to move in, the, in another direction. But he better be right. He better be right about that decision that he made, man. So I know he wants to move on. He, but, I mean, I'm not 100% on him right now. But this is definitely going to be the most important decision that he'll make as an owner in Carolina is the next head coach, in my opinion. And if he doesn't get it right, it can set the franchise back a long time, man. I mean, we, we already set back right now yeah, from decisions in the past, even for the Super Bowl year. That's there were some things that I saw, okay, man, we, we win in games, but, man, something's not right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's just, you look at the New England Patriots, and they always have good seasons, but you can't tell me that Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft, they're not looking at the next season. Okay, man, this is what we got to do this year. I can remember 2016, yeah, Jamie Collins. He was Mr. Big Shot. He thought he was all that. You know what I'm saying? He, he had a great season. He's one of the best linebackers in the league at that time, demanding more money, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. So what happens to him? Huh? Oh, so you want to get paid more money, huh? That, that, that's what Bill Belichick said. You want to you get paid more money? Oh, okay, here you go. <laughs> Give him the, the Cleveland Browns for a third-round pick. Yep. Have you heard of Jamie Collins since then? Uh, nope. And how have the New England Patriots done since he's left? Huh, I think they won another they, they made it out just fine, right? So <laughs> it, it, this is the kind of mentality that the Carolina Panthers need to have. You know what I'm saying? They, you know, if they want out, if they, they want to be hard-headed, they want to be a bonehead, they want to freelance on the field, get your ass out of here. And we'll find somebody else that can replace you and do just as good a job as you did. Yeah. And we'll, we'll, we'll continue to win without you. But we, we got to get to that point mentally. But as far as, you know, what I first started off with is that you, you can't let there, – there's no telling the next time we're going to get a Luke, uh, Luke Keekley. There's no telling the next time you're going to get a McCaffrey, who's still not even in his prime yet. I mean, he, he's yeah. right in the thick of it, but he hasn't touched the surface. I don't yeah, think that's happened yet for him. Yeah, and that's started. a scary thing for Lee. And DJ Moore has not touched the ceiling yet. Has, oh, has not, even, not even close to touching the ceiling. Mm. If you can't win and be competitive with these guys – Hey, I, I got to agree with Larry, man. That, that's, that's front office right there, man. What's going on when you can't win with that? You know how many teams would cut off their arms and their legs to get players of that, that caliber? Mm. A DJ Moore? Mm. A McCaffrey? Mm. Definitely the most lethal player in the league. I'm going to go out there. I'll just put it out there. Most lethal player in the league right now. Oh, for sure. And it would be a damn shame if you, if you we can't be competitive. He doesn't deserve to be sitting on the couch, man. I, I feel sorry. I, I, I'm upset about this, man. And I keep saying this. He does not deserve to be sitting on the bench in, Jan in late January. He, he doesn't deserve it. Luke Keekley doesn't deserve it. No. Greg Olson, do you think he came back for this? He could have been sitting in the booth, man, chilling in a in nice booth right now. Just, just chilling. You know, he didn't come back for this, man. No. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's what it all comes down to, man. Just, wow. No, I mean, that, that window is closing rapidly, man. We, we, we see it, man. You, you, you go to the Super Bowl in 2015, you think, 
hey, you know, you're going to be back in then, hey, you know, we haven't even come close. So that, that that's, I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. I'm rambling right now. But, well, you good, man. That, that's, that, that's basically it, bro. Yeah, and real quick, like, Larry, could you identify the core players in the trenches? And Will, could you identify who we think are the core players, like, skill-wise? Like I say, just so our fans know who, who we all feel are the core players to build upon. Trench-wise on defense is Brian Burns. I'm not going to mention McCoy. He's a vet. I'm not going to mention Addison. He's a vet. I'm not going to mention... I'm not going to mention anybody else but Brian Burns because he was drafted 16th overall. You're supposed to build around him. That's 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 the core piece in the trenches. Offensively-wise, you drafted Greg Little. I think Trey Turner, healthy, still has a lot to offer to be a, a core piece. To go back to defense, KK is still here. He's going to be fresh, fresh legs. He's still a part of the core piece. Those guys on defense, Burns, Burns and KK, trench wise, you got to build them. Mm. Uh, uh, Luke Keekley, Shaq Thompson, you got to build around. Mm. When it comes to the, the offensive side, got to build around Trey still. And you got to hope that Daly and Little grow into what you want to build around. But I'm going to let Will carry it because honestly, that's the sad thing about it. Our core pieces are really built around skill positions. Because we have elite skill position players. So when it comes to retooling, rebuilding, however you want to call it, it's going to come in the trenches. Defensively-wise, we're, we're not where we need to be defensively as far as the four down linemen go. You got Brian Burns, but you need the interior guys. And on offense, we're not sold on anybody. Out of all five guys, I'm still not willing to call anybody a part of my core but Trey Turner healthy. So it really going to come out of what Will got to say because I know he's going to mention the skill positions and we got a core around that. So how we want to retool, retool is not a, it's not a start with the trenches. I just know that we have a solid core already. Go ahead, Will. Yeah, as far as skill positions, I, I, I like what we have. I mean, you got DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Christian McCaffrey. I mean, we got running back depth with Bonifon and Scarlett, who I think are good players that just haven't had the opportunities to play a lot. I mean, I think backup quarterback hasn't been addressed well enough. You know, you shouldn't, your whole season shouldn't end just because your starter goes down. So I'm hoping this additional reps that Kyle and Will are getting this year, can we can be more shored up at that position going forward. I mean, at most championship teams, you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, that's an extreme example. They back up quarterback stepped in and they went straight to the Super Bowl. You know, the Patriots lose Tom Brady for stretches of time. They don't miss a beat. So I don't see that as an excuse. We have to get short up at that position. The secondary, um, I'm going to say Dante Jackson. I'm not giving up on him yet. I think he's just having a sophomore slump. He's a bit of a knucklehead, but the talent is undeniable. And I don't want to trade him away and give another team a benefit of his upside. Well, think, he's, still, he's still a part of the court. Yeah, I think he's somebody you build around. I don't think we're using him right personally. If you watch his LSU tape, he was kind of a Swiss Army knife in the secondary. Played a little bit of free safety, played nickel, matched up with speed guys. I mean, we just have him sit. I mean, they had him guarding DK Metcalf one-on-one. I mean, how is that putting your players in a position to succeed, Doc? I mean, DK Metcalf is as big as Dante is up to his leg. You know, I mean, come on now. He barely even jumped on that touchdown. That's why Russell Wilson identified the mismatch and went to it right away. So I think Dante's there. James Bradbury, I'll say is, but, 
you know, it sounds like from what I've been reading, they're a little bit far apart on extension talks. Um, I have my opinion on that. I don't want to get into that today. We can save that for our off-season talk. Yeah. But I think Bradbury wants to get paid like an elite corner, whereas the Panthers are saying, wait a minute, you know, you're not Stephon Gilmore. You're not mm-hmm. on that level, you know, tone it down a bit. So we might be a little bit far apart there, so we'll see how that goes. But I think, you know, um, right now we got to get Cam Newton healthy. I mean, that's the core man of the franchise right there. I mean, I think that's kind of been the biggest reason for our struggles over the past two years. You know, his shoulder just kind of wore off last year. This year, it's more of O-line issues. I credit for the foot injury they had him running for his life back there. And he stepped on his foot wrong and tore that up. But we got to get him healthy. I mean, I don't want to. I mean, if we got it, we have to do it. We got to do what we got to do. I mean, you can't. um, He's not healthy. There's nothing we can do about it. But. I think that's got to be the priority, you know, getting them healthy and, you know, building around them and getting them back up to speed. Because I think he can play another five years of good football at least. You might have any, uh, anything else to put on that? Or you want to move on to the uh, Colts game where we'll talk about some Will Greer and being thrown in the mix. Hopefully he won't be running for his life. <laughs> I'm afraid he is, though. Um, so, Colts, Panthers, Sunday. One o'clock or four? One o'clock game. One o'clock. The good thing for Will Greer is that, you know he'll he'll be playing in the in the dome. I don't know how he I don't know how 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 well he plays in the dome, but I know he came out West Virginia, so he's used to that. He's used to the elements for the most part. But um, it'll be interesting to see what what type of chemistry he has with uh, um, DJ and uh, Curtis, obviously, and um, all the, the the weapons we have on offense. Considering he hasn't taken first team reps. Uh, the entire season. Um, so, you know, it's going to be interesting. Um, so I, I guess I guess we'll, we'll go, go down the line and uh, you guys give your predictions on uh, on Sunday. And, um, you know, keep it 100 like we always do. Um, Canardo, what you think, man? Man, this is, there's actually some positives with this game. You know, I'm, I'm going to keep oh. it positive, you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know I've been, you know, just the, the villain – so, but, you know, this man being negative and whatnot. Nah, but, man, you keep it real. They keep it real, but you good. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I got a soft spot in my heart, too. So, but, I mean, there are some positives here. You know, the, you're, you're going against a team that's, that's been struggling just as much as you've been, that we've been. Uh, they're 6-8. and eight. They lost their last four games. Their, their last one was atrocious. They, they got destroyed on Monday Night Football by the Saints. So, and they have a lot of injuries as well, you know, which, you know, we talked about it, you know pre-show and they they do have a lot of injuries so there there's definitely an upside to this game i I think it's definitely a winnable game the most important thing that i've been preaching and i'm going to continue to preach is uh, you know don't turn the ball over if they don't turn the ball over they can win they could have won last week and they can win this week too if they just protect the football so uh jacoby brissett you know he's been struggling a a little bit but he still has a, a decent season you know he's had 18, 18 touchdown passes, only six interceptions. So, uh, man, you know, you got T.Y. Hilton. So, you you got some pieces there. You know, it's a home game. You know, they're, they're, they're definitely going to come out on fire. They, they were not pleased at that last performance. So, you already know they're going to come out gunslinging. So, you know, we, we got to definitely be prepared. As far as Will Greer, you know, hey, you know, it finally happened. You know, he, he's going to be starting this week. We're finally going to see what he has. The most important thing is, uh, you know, I, I, I think I definitely have faith in him. 
with Scott Turner at the helm for offensive coordinator. I think he's going to put him in position to be successful with some certain things. You know, he, he has to take what the defense gives him. Now, if you got to dump it off to Christian McCaffrey every play, if you if that's what it takes to win, then you got to do that. Then dump it off to Christian McCaffrey every play. You know, with the misdirection, you know, with Curtis Samuel. So you you got enough playmakers to be successful on Sunday and the game after that too. You got enough weapons. I think that can happen. And don't be surprised if he throws for a long ball, man. You know, a long connection to DJ Moore or something like that. He has an arm on. Him. He definitely is, like Will said, more gifted. And Kyle Allen is. So don't don't be surprised if you, you see him sling that thing for 50 yards and connect with somebody. Because I, I think that can happen, too. But uh, I, I'm going to go against the green, man. You know, I know I said I wasn't going to predict him to win, but I, I'm going to go 27-23 passes. I think that, this, you know, this is definitely a game they win. I know some people don't want to see us win. And for <laughs> obvious reasons. For obvious that. reasons. You know, I'm kind of on that boat right now as well. I want that great draft position. But you know, these guys not laying down. They showed that they not laying down last week. They they weren't trying to lay down, and they could have. But this is a winnable game. This is a winnable game as it's going to get the last several weeks. Twenty-seven, twenty-three. I mean, they they just got man. Wait, they're definitely in a funk right now. They they got a lot of injuries. Uh, they're they're not the most confident team in the world right now. They just got destroyed, man. They they coming out with their tail in between their legs, man. So you, you got to definitely take advantage of that. And I think Will Greer, you know, we definitely don't want to put too much pressure on him. He'll have a decent game. He's going to make mistakes. You know, he might throw for an interception here or there. He might fumble. You know, that, that's going to happen. But, you know, at the same time, I think you're going to see some bright spots as well. And I'll go ahead and put it out there. I do think he's going to complete a few long passes, man. You know, he, he's going to do some things. You're going to see some definitely some great play from him at some points. But just take what the defense gives you. That that that's, and have fun with it too. You know, to get the season's over. It is what it is. No, no, there's there's no pressure on them. So just go out there, have fun, have a good time, and try to win this game, man. That's it. That's what's up, Kevin. Yeah, as far as me, um, just re- you know, looking over this game, you know, the the Colts lost thirty-four to seven to Orleans. Um, you would think like that they must have played some really sloppy ball, but actually uh, they didn't have any turnovers um, at all. No interceptions, no fumbles. So they took care of the ball, but, you know, no one is at home. Uh, Drew Brees trying to break a record. I mean, just was in a just was in a complete zone. So um, they're not a team that's as, as exactly um, going to be gifting you presents uh, to, to beat them with. You pretty much have to earn um, Ernest against the Colts. Uh, knowing the Colts, um, under Coach Frank Wright, uh, they do take chances. Uh, Defensive-wise, you know, I know Will was saying how we're the most heavily zoned team, but right behind us is the Indianapolis Colts. It's pretty much uh, it's going to be very zone-heavy uh, team that they're playing, especially with them having so many uh, players out. So for Will Greer, the key is going to be you know, looking off the safeties and making timely throws in between those spaces. If he can do that, if he can show the ability to do that, um, he definitely gives us a good chance to get a win. Um, but, you know, I, this team, even though they're showing fight, the one thing they haven't shown is consistency. And without consistency, you can't win in this game. Um, so it's hard for me to... to say the Panthers are going to win this game, even though 
the Colts are just in the biggest funk as us. Uh, I think they're they're embarrassed, they're humiliated. I mean, you know, the you know Seattle was humiliated on the road and and came here and got right against us. So, you know, we seem to be curing teams' sicknesses. You know, we cured Atlanta's. <laughs> you know, so anybody that's been sick, they play us and they get right. So, uh, I do got this being a competitive game, but um, I just see the Colts winning this game by the score of like twenty-four to twenty. Okay, okay. Larry. Yeah, this is a get-right game for the Colts, man. They're, we're a get-right team, just like how we try to identify the Falcons as early in the season. We're a get-right team, and the Colts are going to come to us and get right. You know, I think they're a better-ran franchise than us right now. They got a better coach. They got a better front office. They know what their vision is. You know, they started with, you know, building their office of line. They're going to build from there. They're just doing better things than we're doing right now as a whole. So I think they're going to come out and play hard. I think they got a better office of line than us. I think the game always comes down to the trenches. And when you view it, they have a better office of line than we have. So the office of line is going to win more matchups when it comes to our defensive line. When it comes to offensive, when it comes to our offensive line, their D line will win more matchups. I'm keeping it very simple this evening. Like when it comes to this close game, it comes down to the trenches. They got as many problems as we got, as far as skill positions, as far as injuries, everything else. So when you try to simplify things and just say, you know, who's the better team on Sunday? It hurts to say, but the Colts are a better team, and if they come out and play like it, they'll beat us. So that's just where I'm at with it. Hey, Larry, don't they have one of your favorite players, um, the guard from um, the Colts that you, you you speak so highly about? Yeah, one of two. Uh, a couple drafts ago, I, I had two guards that I fell in love with. It was Quentin Nelson and was Frank Ragnow. They happen to have Quentin Nelson, who I believe is the best offensive lineman in football to this day. So... It's going to be fun to watch Vernon Butler and Kyle Love and Gerald McCoy go up against him. But when they come down to it, I think he's going to be winning most of those reps. So mm. look forward to Indianapolis running right off of his butt, whether it's the, the one-hole, the three-hole, the five-hole, the seven-hole. They're going to try to, you know, establish their run game through him. Mm. So that's something you guys to look forward to. And Mr. Will. Yeah, I think um, I'm going to quote Al Wallace, a former Panther. There was him and Kevin Donnelly have a little talk show, and then Al Wallace made a good point. He said, when bad teams, they're down and out, no hope, feel like their season over, they cut on the Panthers film, and they just, that light bulb clicks in their head like, wait a minute, he's soft. I can beat him. And look at Darrell Williams. He's soft, man. I can beat him. And that's what you're going to see the Colts do this week. They're on a four-game losing streak. You know, they're going to wake up. And they woke up Monday morning, you know, dragged into practice all down. Like, man, we can't wait till this season over. I'm sore. I'm tired of this coach being in my face. Let's just get ready for my vacation and get ready for next year. They're going to turn on that Panthers film, watch our trench play, and say, wait a minute. These guys are real soft. We can beat them. And they're going to have that up, they're gonna up their energy level to play harder and come after us this week. And that's what I expect to happen. I think, you know, going to see Marlon Mack, going to establish Marlon Mack take to cut the pressure off Brissett behind the, probably the best offensive line in the league. 
get that run game going. We haven't proven we can stop the run. Then on defense, I mean, hey, you're facing a first-time rookie quarterback. You know, disguise your coverages, confuse them, make things tough on them. They got a very good linebacker, Darius Leonard, who's probably in that category with Luke and Bobby Wagner. Mm. So, I mean, they're going to slow the box, try to take McCaffrey away and force Will Greer to beat us with his arms. So, I mean, I, I also think the Colts will pull off this victory and the Panthers continue their tank for a top-ten draft pick. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I personally see uh I, I see I see the Colts handling their business, man. Like like um excuse me, like Larry mentioned, man. You know, if if you hold it down on the offensive line, it's gonna be extremely hard for um uh, for for the defense to to stop the run number one, which is which has been our Achilles pretty much the entire season. Um, which means they're gonna have control of time of possession, and they're probably gonna score points, and which means we're gonna have to throw the football more than we probably like to, which means Will Greer is going to be exposed, which means we're probably going to get our ass whooped. So, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 31-12. Colts, absolutely. I, I just, if we can't stop the run, I, there's, there's no, there's no need to even talk about anything else. <laughs> um, I, I hope we get in a situation where our pass rush can be, can be uh, put at the, at the forefront. Um, you know, statistically speaking, we are we are one of the you know the best pass rushing defenses in the league. Um, it, it's just that we have to get there. Uh, we have to get in that 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 position, that scenario. Where we can just put that pressure on the quarterback because because we we make quarterbacks pay when it comes to that type of situation. But yeah, thirty-one twelve, man. I, I I just don't see. <sighs> I don't see this. I don't see this team having that type of perseverance to, you know, to to break through the bullshit um, when, when those points start piling up. I just don't see it, unfortunately. Uh, but I, I expect Will to have a live arm, man. You know, it's his first game. He, he gets to shine. Um, you know, if you, for you listeners, if you know, I'm considering we haven't seen Will Greer since he played in West Virginia. Go go take a look at some of his. Uh, some of his games back, back you know, back in uh, old WV, um, just to get an idea what his arm is like, cause that that arm is live, buddy. He, this this is not a this is not a Kyle Allen arm, although Kyle Allen it can be accurate when when necessary. Well, Will can Will can toss that rock, man, and it, he don't have to have his feet planted neither. He can toss that thing. So it'll be interesting. All right, so uh, we have any uh, closing remarks, gentlemen? Yeah, uh, congratulations to uh, Luke Keekley and Christian McCaffrey yeah. for being selected to the Pro Bowl. I was a little disappointed DJ didn't get his uh, invited because of the season he was having, but that NFC receiving core is just so stacked. stacked. So, you know, he's getting his 1,100 yards. It's just got to be, gotta be a, the elite of the elite to get in over Julio Evans and MT. So mm. something to uh, work towards this offseason, but, you know, congrats to Luke and CMC for doing the thing. Man, this is the first thousand yard receiver we have had since Kelvin Benjamin's rookie year, huh? Yeah, yes, and, that um, is accurate. Yes. And uh McCaffrey and DJ have the most combined yards between a running back and wide receiver duo since two thousand one when Edwin James and Marvin Harrison did it. That just shows you the kind of season they're having. And that's without Cam Newton in a in a piss poor O line. 
Imagine, folks. Imagine. God Almighty. Oh, boy. Mm-mm-mm. All right. Um, well, folks, I believe we've given you all the Panther information that you can handle at this moment. I wish we had better news. <laughs> but, but regardless of, of what you hear from the Foreman Rush, folks, it's going to be accurate and it's going to be real. Um, and that's that's how we roll. So thank you guys for dropping by and listening to the Four Man Rush podcast. Um, and please be sure to check out our social media pages, um, well, platforms, I should say, uh, Facebook, Twitter, um, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, um, and LinkedIn, actually, and Snapchat. Hell yeah, man, we're all over the place. Tell your friends, tell your family. All right. Um, and, uh, yeah, be sure to, to tune in Sunday, guys. Um, you know, if, if anything, you know, we might win the game. Who knows? Any given Sunday. Um, what we get, what we gave you guys today, obviously, was just a, an opinion of what we think was going to happen. Um, but yeah, tune in, watch the game, support your team, folks. It's our Carolina Panthers, and damn it, they earned they earned that much. So, um, and also, sorry, and also, make sure you check out the uh, Four Man Four Man Rush website. Uh, it's www. com. Well, we have the best accurate write ups. Um, on Carolina Panther uh, news and scenarios that 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 you that you'll ever see. To be honest with you, um, I've I read some of that stuff on the Panthers website, guys. They don't match, man. I mean, shoot, Jesus Christ, Kev, um, Larry, um, Norris, man, writing up some great stuff, man. You guys gotta check that out on the website. Um, and yeah, Boy man, Rush ain't no joke. So, whether you're listening to this podcast in the morning, afternoon, or evening, thank you so much for uh, tuning in and listening to the Four Man Rush podcast. Um, And take care of yourself, folks. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. And as always, keep pounding. And we're clear. Ciao, fellas. Alright, folks. I'm headed there. I'm headed to fellowship. I'll holler at you. Alright? Yes, a smoking (laughs) bastard. Is that is that what her name is tonight? Bag that uh, girl that was serving us uh, our table. Uh-oh. In the blue dress. Yeah. The Foreman Rush is brought to you by the love and respect of and for the Carolina Panthers and Carolina Panther fans everywhere. Keep pounding. The Four Man Rush is a non-affiliate of the Carolina Panther organization. All thoughts, assessments, and content of this podcast is directly related to the Four Man Rush exclusively. Thank you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.